everybody, and welcome back to the Polychromatic Podcast. I'm your co-host, Zach, along with my mom, Elaine. And um, today is May 13th, 2023. Um, sorry it's been a little bit uh, with us getting podcasts out regularly. It's just been um culmination of many different things that have interfered with us being able to record these regularly. Um, we hopefully can at least get back on a regular schedule here um, pretty soon. Um, but today we wanted to talk about um, rock throwing, specifically throwing rocks at cars and how obviously there are consequences with that. Um, we weren't too aware of this sort of, this sort of thing going on until uh, recently. I think it was in April, um, a woman, a young 20-year-old-something woman got killed when a rock was thrown through a windshield, and um, it wasn't through um, a rock that was thrown over an overpass onto the vehicle, but just um, on a narrow street, uh, Indiana Street, which we actually drove that route back when it was raining really badly um, from uh, Limb Preservation uh, Foundation, um, where I got scholarship to go. And that's a really dangerous road to be throwing rocks on oncoming cars. There's just no place to go. But apparently, uh, looking back, there are lots of other people um, that have actually dropped rocks off the side of um, interpass bridges and killed people before. So this is, um, I'm not sure if it's a copycat um, crime and that's the reason why people do it or if it's a hazing ritual or if it's just stupidity or what um, but my mom did find a case of a 60 year old man that was doing it as well and before these people are caught they keep doing it and I don't know if they even spend the effort to go back and to see who they've hurt how they've changed their lives and how long it goes before they're caught I'm just kind of amazed about it, Zach, because I just wonder where these ideas come from. Like, you know, like I said to you just before the podcast, like, where does an idea come from? Because it's not just one isolated time. Um, as I was looking back just to gain some information, has happened all over the United States. And um, the 60-year-old you're talking about had actually done that over a hundred times for two, mm -hmm. in a two year period before he was caught before he's caught. Yeah. So I'm trying to, and perhaps it's trying to think too much about it to make sense of it because some things you just can't make sense of. But as a teenager, I'm thinking back as a teenager at 15, 14, 13, I would know that that could hurt someone badly. Um, as a matter of fact, in high school, I was in a mystery and horror class, and it's weird to say, but I had to write a horror story, and I wrote about someone throwing a bowling ball off of a bridge through someone's windshield, and that was a horror, it was written for mystery it, and horror. Exactly. It was a work of fiction. Yes, exactly. But people are actually doing that kind of thing. I know. It's, it's startling, it's horrifying, and when you think about it, that could cause a lot of deaths because if it happens to hit someone's windshield, someone swears their car, if someone, there's other cars on the road, that car could get out of control. It could, it could mean multiple deaths. It could mean multiple people being maimed. Not to even mention, like, we think of death, but, you know, I was reading in here where a woman was maimed so bad part of her skull was gone. And she used to be a teacher. She can't take care of herself. And her husband afterwards died of suicide because he couldn't handle it. Yeah. So you think about, I guess the thing we need to talk about is what we said before. Where, where does this come from? How often it's happened? And to think about the consequences of, of someone doing that. And how many people can that totally affect, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess the first highest profile case from our research, and we haven't done a ton of internet sleuthing on this, but is the Interstate 80 rock throwing, 
was the most high-profile rock-throwing case that had been publicized to really put out there that this is a thing. Um, and it spans as far back as July 10th of 2014. Um, and I just want to read a quote here because I think it does um, provide some clue as to the reason why kids are doing it. I can't explain why 60-year-old men are doing it. Um, and then, obviously, <clears throat> you know, I, I was very well-behaved growing up, but just to get in the psychology of, of younger, younger men, uh, you know, playing devil's advocate here, I, I have some thoughts of why they probably do it, but not considering the full gravity of what they're doing. So, um, so according to McGee, after hitting the car with the rock, the boys cheered. Um, we were all laughing, thinking it was funny. We laughed, tossed out rocks, and drove home. So um, they apparently they went back to the house where they began to watch a movie, got back into the car, and returned to the scene of the crime twice that night. What made him come back? Does it say? On one of those trips, police noted the license plate number, so that's how they got caught. Hmm. They should have been staying at home watching the movie <clears> and eating their popcorn. Well, I think the reason why they returned to the scene of the crime, well, first off, a lot of kids know the law mm -hmm. in that if they're below 18, they, that's their one get out of jail free card, right? Um, I think the reason why kids are doing this, like I said, psychologically, is to them taking away for a moment the seriousness of it, okay? So let's just, I'm asking for a moment that we just forget about the consequences and the seriousness and just get into the psychology of a kid for a second. I think <clears throat> with them, it has more to do with seeing the car lose control for comic effect for them, right? Mm -hmm. And to to so it's not like they're seeing and thinking these are living, breathing people with lives that are driving down the road, and that this rock is not just going to cause this person to lose control, but actually might kill them on impact. Because that's exactly what happened to that young woman. Well, I'm wondering if they think of it as sort of an athletic skill too. Because they're aiming for trying to get it through. Obviously, they're trying to get it to break the windshield, right? I mean, why? Yeah, yeah, to break the windshield. And probably they, they also might place bets about whether or not the, the yeah. car is going to lose control. So if they don't stick around too long, but they just see that car lose control, that in that moment with how chaotic that is and how the drivers left dazed, if not maimed from it, they have a little bit of time to get out of there, you know, because it's just the chaos of the moment. So I think for a lot of them, they probably drop it, see what happens. And then when they see the person, you know, lose control, hit a wall or a median or, you know, a, br a bridge compartment, you know, like that's when they, they laugh and they get their, their kicks off and then they take off on the car, you know, in, in their truck or whatever. Well, Obviously, it has to be some type of an adrenaline rush as well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if they're trying to outdo each other, mm -hmm. right? Because I'll bet, or egging each other on, I'll bet you can't do this. Or yeah, exactly. who can do this first, right? Yeah. And if, you, if you're a little bitch, you know, and you can't do it, this is what you're going to have to do as a consequence or whatever. Now, the common common thing that you see between, you know, the 60-year-old guy and these kids is they're not just hitting one car and calling it a day. They're coming back to it time and time again. I mean, in this case, it was them going back to the scene of the crime that got them caught. So, you know, what I'm basically saying is, you know, the story of the 60-year-old man, he did that over 100 times before he got caught. And there are a lot of 
younger kids that do exactly the same thing. Like the ones in Colorado here, um, God, who knows how many, but we know at least, I think at least another seven or so. Well, yeah, I was going to say what you're talking about there, Zach. Uh, Do you recall that there was a video we watched of a man that was also driving that night when this young woman was killed. Yeah, and he had something thrown through his... He he had his side windows broken out, remember? Yeah. And he said he didn't know. It startled him yeah. so badly. He didn't know what happened. Yeah. And he was so upset because when he they were doing his interview, these kids hadn't been caught yet. This is before they knew who did it. But he was saying how startling it was to him that that happened. And I find it hard to believe that there actually haven't been more cars that have actually been involved in accidents when they do this. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm driving along and uh, something goes through my windshield. Well, something I did have some sheetrock go through my windshield. Yeah, I actually was wanting to ask you what that's like because so... Let's rewind a little bit here. So <laughs> I think you were 40 or 41 at the time. It was on my 40th birthday. I was driving down to Denver to deliver some work from a job. And in front of me, there was a truck with some... Um, flagstone? No, not flagstone. It was with a sheetrock. Oh, okay, sheetrock. Sheetrock. And I didn't think much about it, but all of a sudden, I just, I'm driving and out of the corner of my eye, I think he was in a lane over. I see this sheetrock coming through my window, my windshield, and I can't do anything because I don't even have time to check and see if there's someone in the other lane. Right. So the glass, so first it breaks your windshield and the glass is all over you, right? Right. It breaks my windshield. It shatters it. There's glass all over my lap. You're going what, like 60 at the time? Probably. And this is on 36 to Denver. Mm -hmm. And I just remember the shock of it, just feeling so shocked of like, I didn't know exactly what to do. It's like, whoa, It's it caught me totally off guard. And I'm going, I don't know what to do. Should I call my husband? Should I, what should I do? Should I stop? And Should I stop? Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, he's working. Um, I think I can make it going back home. And I thought, well, what if an officer sees me driving with a busted windshield? What do you do? And I thought, I'll just tell him. But honestly, it was extremely frightening. And at that time, I owned a Volvo. And they're built for safety. Volvos used to be, I don't know if they still are, but they were one of the safest cars that you could actually purchase. And I was told by the car, that the the repair shop uh, that did the work on my car, that if I didn't have a Volvo windshield, it would have probably killed me. Yeah. Um, So that was something that, that so happened. I actually ha- that actually happened yeah. to me. So that could have been a possibility. I could have lost you on your 40th birthday. I would have been how old? You would have only been, been eight or nine? about, no, you would have been about seven years old. And so, you know, it's, that's crazy because at, now that was a total accident. I'm going to say it was an accident. Maybe the guy who was hauling the sheetrock did not ha- have it obviously tied down properly, but it wasn't something intentional. Yeah. And I don't even think he knew it happened. Well, yeah. And so didn't you get a ticket too? Yeah. I got got an automated ticket or something. I did get pulled over and got a ticket for speeding because I was trying to get home. I was scared to death. So I went um, to the court to fight the ticket and I just explained to the judge what happened. And I said, I was just trying to get home. I was in shock after having the sheetrock go through my windshield. And I said, I, yes, I was speeding. I wasn't going a ridiculous amount of speed, but I just wanted to get home. Mm-hmm. And so they dropped the case. <clears throat> That's good. I didn't, I didn't remember that. Um, and then um, uh, my best friend, Scott, who lives in Denver, um, unrelated, but related to this. Um, how long ago do you think that was? Six months ago? Eight months ago? Oh, I think maybe closer to six months ago. I think it was around Christmas time. Yeah. So I get a really unusual call from my best friend. Um, he basically is telling me that, well, first he's 
so out of it with this happening, he thought that uh, there was a stray bolt that had come through his window and broken his window while he was sitting on the couch. He just heard something really loud and, you know, the, the window went out. But as it turns out, after some further investigation and, and given his bad roommate experience from the previous place, uh, it's been pretty bad to say he had to purchase a shotgun for self-defense. So he, he got the shotgun. He was all amped up. He gave me a call and he's just like, I'm not sure what to do, you know, but I think someone is firing at me. And then he later finds in his kitchen this rock about, I'd say about the size of a fist that had come through through his window. Uh, fortunately, um, you know, I'm not going to make anything up, didn't narrowly miss him, but it could have hit him, right? Yeah, he was so, in so much shock that we just said, get out of there. Because at the time, I think when he called us, he didn't know what it was. He thought it was a yeah. bullet. Yeah. And I just said, Scott, get out of there and come over, you know? Yeah. So and just so, come over here. And so he did eventually come over. But I think the police came over in the meantime, right? Didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. The police did come over. So, so anyways, um, for that situation, he's 90% sure that they were actually aiming for a different window for his neighbor's window because they have a lot of parties up there. But he does live off of Broadway in Denver in the Five Points area, which is not the safest part of town. Just to give you an idea of how safe it is, he had his Subaru Impreza stolen. And get this, during the middle of the day. And I, I got the latest update from him. His insurance has still not covered it. The police have not found it. And he still has a rental and he's paying 250 bucks a week on a rental. So this happened <gasps> what, about a month ago now? Um, I think... At least three weeks ago. Three weeks, yeah. I think three weeks ago. And why aren't they... the like, do you, is this normal to have to wait for insurance? Not to get off topic, but just just because we were talking about... He's had some crappy luck the yeah. past few months. Um, I'm just wondering why. I mean, does he have to prove it was stolen? Like, that's tough. I don't know what happens in the case of a stolen car. He was told that um, insurance, and I'm not sure if it's a policy of Denver, uh, Denver County Police, but basically you're supposed to wait a full 10 days, which he's already done before insurance is supposed to pay out. Um, so anyways, that's still unresolved. But that's another example is, you know, it doesn't have to be just windshields. People can actually decide to throw rocks through people's windows. And there's a risk with killing people that way. Furthermore, for people that are throwing rocks through people's windows because they think it's funny, I'm not sure if you know this, but the windows on the side of a house are not like the kind of windows that are, you know, the same material that's um, the composite that's used for windshields. So, you know, when that kind of glass breaks, I can attest to it because I had um, a tree come through my window and almost kill me. And I had all of this broken glass all over me and I got all these little micro cuts and it was funny as I went to the emergency room and um, I was telling him that I thought I might have gotten some in my mouth. Um, of course, not not incidentally, just the window got blown out and I was, you know, half awake and I got startled awake from this. And he, he said, you know, there are a lot of psychological patients that, uh, that eat glass. Like, what the hell? Like, why is he telling me that? My psychological patient? So, yeah, I don't, Okay, so let's just rewind here for a moment. Okay. So I've already kind of done the presumption of why I think kids do it. I think underdeveloped brains, um, they see something that's funny. And as a guy, I get that, you know. Um, to give you an idea, when I was a kid, closest thing to being getting in trouble that happened was... Um, when I was working at that restaurant down the street, I um, had some coworkers that after they got off work that wanted to, you know, hang out with me and, uh, and you know, hang out after work. So this is like, you know, 11, you know, midnight. And this was right after um, Halloween. So, but apparently they, they had themselves had figured out, you know, to fill up the entire back seat 
pumpkins, you know, because they're all been sold anyways. They're going to all be fed to goats or cows anyways. Um, and this was when my friend um, from work at the time recently just got his own car. He was 15 and a half. He got, you know, went to driver's school and stuff so he could drive alone and got his driver's license at 15 and a half. And he had a Geo Prism. And him and this other guy, they, they had figured out that if you throw pumpkins in front of the car, you know, like they go, the seeds go flying everywhere. And it was fucking hilarious. It was hilarious. Right. Um, now looking back at that, you know, I think I was probably 15 at the time, but looking back at, at that, I mean, technically that's theft, right? This is when I was in high school, you know, like, um, as far as the pumpkins are concerned, but as far as throwing the pumpkins through people's windows or other cars, that's not anything that was ever on the menu. Um, but that's just an example. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you see something, you do something for, for comic relief. And in the very narrow sighted sense, I think that's what they are doing it for. They're not thinking about the step after that or the step after that or the step after that or after that, you know? No, it totally makes sense because, as you know, the last part of the brain to develop is the prefrontal cortex where the common sense comes. Mm -hmm. And the brain is not fully developed till an individual is 25 years old. So truly, but, you know, I'm just saying what I was saying earlier is regardless of that, my mind would have known when I wrote that paper, I was 15, 16 years old when I wrote that paper, I wrote it in a horror class because I knew that chances of throwing a bowling ball off of a bridge and trying to hit a windshield, it could kill someone. So I'm just saying, I agree with you. And I guess, guess some people have more, are more impulsive than others. Like, I'm not trying to, to define to make this okay. I'm just saying that it's a very hard thing to understand because really, in general, it sounds plain stupid. Okay, that's all I'm trying to say. It sounds totally like a stupid idea. But then again, um, I'm not a guy, but I'm sure when guys get together, they think of these ideas. Just like females, they have their own things they do. But I'm just saying in the case of, of putting something like this together— probably just taking each other on. Yeah. You know? I, th I think it's peer pressure is mm -hmm. a large, lar large part of it. Like I didn't have the idea to go round up the pumpkins and throw them in front of, you know, Tim's car while he's driving. I mean, there were so many seeds that were flying up on the car that we had to have the windshield wipers on. But you know, when you did that, Zach, you weren't doing that. You did that in a place where there was no other. It was traffic. isolated. Yeah. It was isolated. It was so, almost like an experiment is what it started with. Yes, I think it was like that's what I was going to say. It it kind of it it kind of seems that you guys were just thinking of something that would be really funny. You know, it became yeah, very comical. Exactly. So you're like going, "Well, we could do this and then we could do this." But Well, there's some other stories I can get to those. No, totally fine. I'm just saying though, I don't I don't think your intent and you can tell me if I'm wrong was to harm anyone. It was more no. that you're just out to have fun. Whereas when you're standing on a bridge throwing rocks or boulders over the edge of a bridge or dropping something heavy, then you are basically risking hurting or killing someone or maiming someone, right? Yeah. So that wasn't actually the original thing that started it. Um, right around this time before they invited me to go out with them after work, Apparently, and I went with them once. I was like, after once, I'm like, I'm not doing that again because that's vandalism. But basically, they um, went to the Kohl's shopping parking lot and they would, any of the carts that were left out overnight, um, they would put them on up on the side of the passenger side um, window and hold them there. And let them go to hit like a curb, right? And then they do a bunch of flips and stuff. So it first started with that idea. And then then the pumpkins were involved. This was like maybe slightly before, slightly after um, the 31st of October. 
And then it was the pumpkins. And then on our own, okay, this didn't, I told them I was not comfortable with the vandalism thing. You know what I mean? So what we did one night um, is we pooled all of our tip money together because we worked in a restaurant. And we went to Target at like 1130 at night. And we purchased a skateboard, a sled, rope, a little, and I'm not being racist when I say this, okay? It's like uh, Tim, Tim followed his racial, you know, ethnicity. He's the one that picked it out, but there weren't any other types of babies, but so we bought this little black baby named Baby Precious. And... So we go through the checkout own oh, duct tape, I think I already said. And so this was for science. So um, we bought a Tonka trunk too, like a metal Tonka truck. And so originally what we were going to do is we were going to put pumpkins inside there, similar to the basket, except, you know, we would try to launch it using our own, you know, self-made thing. When that didn't work, we kind of abandoned the pumpkin thing. Um, and uh, then we just put Baby Precious inside the Tonka trunk and just, you know, hold, held the strain out back of the car uh, when uh, Tim was driving on Empire Road really fast, kind of at night, which that, that part was probably a little bit dangerous, but it's basically a very remote road in this area. And, um, well, you know, we went around a corner and baby precious was missing. And, you know, for me, it just, I laughed so hard. I was pissing my pants. Okay. It was just really funny because then we backed up for baby precious, baby precious had road rash all over her face. But again, you see, we weren't hurting anyone. Right. I think there's a, a fundamental difference here that I'm sharing just with a couple of my own stories. And it's actually taken me years to not tell when t retelling this to not laugh out of control. So, but, um, so I think some of it's experimentation. I think some of it is bragging rights and egging one another on. And obviously they do it once and they see a car crash or something and they think it's really funny. And so they go back to it again and again. And, you know, if you go back on the internet, you can see that there are a lot of common themes between people that do this. And I, you know, coming back to the scene of a crime, that's not a good idea, right? And yeah. that's how some of these people got caught. Well, I'm, I was looking um, <laughs> on the internet and basically in Michigan, there are four teens that were charged in a fatal rock, um, dropping, throwing rocks off the bridge. And one went through a man's windshield who was 32 year old, 32 years old. This happened in October 2017. It's really interesting because what you said earlier, because usually when you're a teenager, you're not tried as an adult. This judge said these kids, they were 17, 18, um, some were under 18 years of age, um, basically said they will all be tried as adults. So you know what? I'm actually, and I know each state has a right to do it. Um, actually, there was um, one, two... There's a 16-year-old, two 17-year-olds, and one 18-year-old. And he said he just wanted the court to know that all of them, regardless of their age, were going to be tried as adults. Now, you know, I think that may be a great thing because the problem with charging people with as juveniles, they've got, even though they may have done something really horrible, usually mm -hmm. what they get from it is not much. And, you know, especially if this seems to be kind of a... Thrill thrill going on people reading this and going oh that sounds like fun let's go do it first off they i was also reading that uh, another thing i was also reading is they have um drones up just watching over these bridges because you know you and i spoke that night about mm -hmm. something needs to be done like all these bridges need to be enclosed cameras or enclosed cameras yeah cameras enclosed what we came up with and then anyone loitering on the bridge other mm -hmm. than to pa pass the on the bridge should be questioned. Right. But they actually uh, are putting drones up 
to watch people on bridges now. But, you know, the main reason why Zach and I decided to do the, the podcast on this... I'm going to be very angry. ...is that we both were extremely angry, but also we thought there may be people who haven't heard about this happening. And yeah. it's not just one isolated incident is the thing. That yeah. you, if you look it up on the internet, it's happened... Time and time and time again, it seems to be a new trend. It does. So just to let pe make people aware, it's really ridiculous anymore that we have to pay attention when we drive under a bridge. But just be mindful if you see some people that are just just loitering on a bridge. Maybe just pay attention to what's going on, you know, because bridge is not a place to stop your car. There's really no place to pull off to the side on a bridge in the first place. I yeah. mean, obviously, it ha may happen sometimes if you have have car problems or a flat tire or something, but still, it probably is not something you're going to see too often. So, you know, the point is, if you see people standing above a bridge, take a second look because and be and be cautious because I think anymore, what people have got to do, unfortunately, with when these type of things are happening in our world, which is really sad to know that and tragic, we have to be very mindful and cognizant that these things are going on um, to protect ourselves and our families and other people. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I was shocked because actually I, Zach, you, as you know, you're the one who told me about it. Cause I don't look at the news. The news is very depressing to me. But Zach told me about it because he said, hey, mom, I'm telling you this because be careful with bridges. Yeah, if you see why. someone on 36 or on I-25, right. just and, standing on the bridge there, don't go underneath it, you know, if you can. I was so shocked when you told me that. I, I, I really, I was, I was thinking, did, did I hear him right? It made no, it makes no sense as to why someone would do that. And I think that's. I have a tendency to think, overthink things, to try to get, to try to figure out if I can make some sense out of why someone would do something. And I think what we touched upon earlier is really pretty much the only thing that I can figure out is, you know, the age, being egged on. Um, and I'm not saying that any of those people that did that intentionally did it to say we're going to kill someone. I think it didn't start out that way, but doing that is comes a with the huge, territory. Well, it's a huge risk that that could be the outcome. Yeah, absolutely. With people driving, especially. And I think I read, um, I did read a couple days later, and I think I mentioned this to you already, Zach. I may or may not, but they made these juveniles watch um, a video of what happened to her car. Oh, good. Yeah. Her, the person we're talking about, is 20-year-old Alexa Bartell from Jefferson County. She was just driving home from her job um, late at night. And this didn't even involve a bridge. It involved these kids throwing a rock. So, you know, when, when cars pass one another, that's when the rock came through her, hit her in the head, and killed her on impact. And now this screwed up the parents' lives, right? Brothers oh. and sisters, et cetera, loved ones. And it screwed up these kids' lives. I mean, they might have already been screwed up. But now these kids <clears throat> are looking at, you know, 10, 20, 30 years in jail. Well, and the parents of these kids that did this. The shame. The shame, the sadness. Um, one of the fathers, though, didn't we read one of the fathers got mad at the police for coming to his door to arrest his son and told him to get off his property. And I he got so. arrested too. Yeah. Obstruction. So, you know, when I, when I read that, I'm thinking, Oh, so this kid might've gotten some of this stuff from his dad who is protecting him. And you know what? It's horrible as it would be a horrible thing. I can't put myself in the place of this because I haven't experienced it and I never care to, but you know, if you had a child that did that, that would be such a hard thing to handle. But, you know, to try to protect that child is not doing them any good. And, you know, maybe that that son was protected a lot by his dad along the way and never had consequences. Do you know what I mean? So he never, ever 
had proper consequences for things he did wrong when he's growing up. And I think it's important, in my opinion, that, you know, as our children grow up, that they know there are natural consequences for what they do. And that's just part of life. There's, as adults, we know there's consequences for what we do. I think teaching that from a young age is like your behavior shapes your future, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and how I found out about this was actually not through the news directly. It's um, I'm part of a local Facebook group. Um, my physical therapist actually told me about it. I was not aware about it. And fortunately, through crowdsourcing, um, they were able to figure out who did this, who killed this girl. Um, it wasn't a case of them coming back to the crime scene. It had to do with a truck that was leaving the area at the time. And so they knew there was this truck. So I imagine what they were doing is they were filling up the back of the, of the truck bed with rocks. So they'd have, you know, a bunch to, to go around with. Cause when the truck beds closed, no one's going to be looking in the back. If you have rocks back there anyways, no one's going to be thinking about that unless someone's committing crimes with those rocks. Right. And so anyways, um, between that and them stopping at a gas station nearby, they were able to trace it back to these three kids. Uh, I think they're all 18 or 19. Um, the case of the, the uh, historical um, I-81, I think they were all 18. So these are all kids that are getting ready to graduate high school. And their lives are about to change forever. The people that get killed, their life changes just like that. You know, the one thing that I think about about this, she was a beautiful young woman, which doesn't matter whether she's beautiful or not, but she was really a beautiful young woman with, I'm sure she had so many wonderful things going on in her life for herself. I mean, she was working, which shows that she actually was being responsible because it said she was coming home from work that night. And the thing that seems really sad to me is to be killed that not to be killed and not that one way is worse than another but just brutal randomly yeah senseless violence senselessly that's the word i'm looking at sense that's so senseless i mean to say yeah my daughter passed away from a rock coming through her windshield yep i mean okay People get in accidents, people die. Those are called accidents. But I thought originally, Zach, and and didn't realize till we're doing the podcast now, that it was dropped off a bridge in the area. But it makes sense. Indiana, there's not a bridge. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I was just making a point to, because I thought initially until I heard the full case, because they were investigating. They just said that a rock was thrown. They didn't say where it was, I don't think. Indiana is... It's tough because, like you said, we just came home maybe three weeks ago down that street yeah, um, from the symposium, and it's not very well lit, number one, as I recall, but that night in particular, it was, it was hard to see because it was snowing so hard. I mean, just blit, like almost blizzard conditions. Mm-hmm. And then we got to an inter- intersection where there were police... And we were going, what's going on? And basically, remember that the lights were out? Yeah. So someone had reported, thankfully, that the lights were out uh, because you couldn't even see where you're going and the lights weren't working. So thankfully, someone reported that. But I, that night when we were driving home, just, you know, I remember how it felt very uncomfortable because of the weather conditions. But also, I noticed it was really dark. You know, there's yeah. not a lot of like in that area, a lot of like street lights or there's not any businesses. So it's really very, very dark, you know. So honestly, that would probably be more likely for someone to do something in more of a secluded area that is not out in the open than it would be, you know, where people are going to be seen too. Yeah. Um, I just found an article on Washington Post. Dated May 16th, 1995. Um, group of teenagers uh, is hanging around trying to figure out how to fill up an evening. Uh, when one of them gets an idea, let's throw stuff at moving cars. 
the act has its root its roots in boredom. Um, so Gal, Gal, uh-huh. Gallagher, 38, was driving on a winding country road um, in the area April 3rd when somebody in an income and on a in an oncoming car launched a five pound rock at his pickup truck. The rock cr- uh, crashed through the windshield, causing him to lose control of his truck, which slammed into three trees. The, uh, he died in the driver's seat. So they're saying that there's been a lot of copycatting that's been going on, I guess, since the mid-90s. Um, this was... Where was this? Montgomery County? Let me see where this is. Uh, Maryland. But that's the thing is, is kids either will figure out these games themselves or they'll be encouraged by copycatting, right? Well, they'll hear about it and they'll be like, oh, did you hear about that? Like, I remember when I was in middle school, I heard about some badass dude. When I say badass, like scary, not cool, that he was curbing people. And I'm like, what's curbing? I'm not sure if you know what curbing is, mom, but... That's where the person will make you open up your mouth on the curb and then break your teeth out. Horrible. So I didn't know what curbing was until someone told me about it. You know what I mean? Did I have any, any point, any desire to, you know, threaten someone to tell them that I'm going to curb them? No, but you know, that's where I think these ideas propagate. Well, I look under uh, Wikipedia, um, the Darm Stant American rock throwing incident, which happened in 2000, is where three American, three children of American soldiers stationed at a U.S. military base near Darmstadt, Germany, threw rocks at vehicles moving on B3 motorway, killing two women in separate car accidents. The children were 14, 17, and 18 at the time of attacks and were convicted of first-degree murder in a German court and given sentences ranging from seven to eight and a half years in prison. After serving their sentences, the three were released um, early on good behavior returned to the United States. So they, they, were, they were talking about it. It happened in 2000. And so these were Americans abroad? Yeah, these Americans that were children of American soldiers at a U.S. military base. That's ballsy in another country. I know. And so they, they confessed that they were throwing rocks at vehicles moving along the B3 motorway, saying they'd been meeting regularly for the past four to six weeks to throw rocks at cars. A fourth teenager, age 15, was questioned and released. The teenagers left a bowling alley near their homes in a base housing complex called Lincoln Village at about 9 p.m. They carried a snow shovel and some rocks to a pedestrian bridge over the B3 motorway Jesus. where they climbed a, where they climbed a six to eight foot plastic wall and began throwing rocks at passing cars. Finding that the rocks were not heavy enough to cause the cars to crash... They returned to an area near their school where they found larger rocks. See, that's a key. I think it's about the cars crashing. Yes, up to 18 pounds in weight and carried them back to the highway where two of the boys handed the rocks to the third who had climbed onto the wall. They threw a 10-pound rock at a Mercedes-Benz driven by Karen Rothamill, 41, hitting her in the chest and killing her instantly. Sitting in the passenger seat, Rothamill's 75-year-old grandmother was critically injured. Her 75-year-old grandfather in the back seat was slightly injured. At, the po- at this point, they moved to the other side of the bridge and began hurling rocks at cars moving on the opposite direction, causing one car to crash as it swerved into, to avoid the rocks. The three then dropped an 18-pound stone onto a BMW driven by Sandra Otterman, 20, who was driving her grandparents home from a meal celebrating her grandfather's birthday. The rock hit Otterman in the head, killing her. So, the, again, the rock throwers, age 18, 17, 14, were convicted of double murder and attempted murders in three cases and given terms of eight and a half years and seven years in juvenile facilities. You know what? Ten years is getting off easy, I think. Oh, I totally agree. Um, you know, I'm glad that they're starting to try a lot of kids as adults. I know it's a controversial thing because they're not brains are not fully mm-hmm. developed, but... 
we live in a politically correct environment. You know, like kids grow up. I remember when I was a kid, um, it was brought to my attention, I think, in the eighth grade. <clears throat> I didn't mean it in any derogatory way, but something that used to be the lingo of the 90s is, oh, that's gay, you know, when you thought something was stupid or something. Until someone was like, you know, that could really hurt other people's feelings, you know, um, and you shouldn't say that. And that's, you know, when I thought, oh, okay, you're right, I probably shouldn't. And that's also when that where that saying went out of vogue. So what I'm trying to say is that we live in a way where kids are having to grow up sooner, which is both good and bad. But what I'm trying to say is that since that's one area of our society where we, where we have made progress is knowing that kids, not saying they're going to be any well, more well-parented because there are a lot of parents that are workaholics that work all the time and just throw cash at their kids and, you know, placement of parenting or giving them iPads or whatever. <clears throat> and if you're listening to this and you're offended by that, I'm sorry. It's just the time that we live in. But I guess what I'm trying to say is kids are going to ha are having to grow up earlier in life. So to see this sort of thing continue to go on, either it's stupid fun or for some, it's them taking out their anger at the world. I don't know. Well, on here on a Facebook page, they say that some people, some kids that throw those rocks are there to rob you. So if you pull over because a rock goes through your windshield, then they'll try to rob you. Oh, that's great. Adding insult to injury there, huh? Um, I, I'm kind of... Uh, Is that a police post? It's actually on a Facebook News Nation. Mm. And it says they throw rocks, hit your car, and when you pull over, there's someone to rob you. If this happens to you, don't pull over. Just drive as far as you can. Jeez. Well, and, you know, not to change the subject, because I know we're trying to keep this more narrow, but think about how you can't even almost not even trust if the police are pulling you over nowadays, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. There are people that are dressed up like officers that, you know, uh, abduct, rape, and murder people. And it's kind of scary. You know, you don't even know if a police officer, if it's actually a police officer or not. And then the other part to it as well is you hear all the stories of people that are getting pulled over for minor infractions that are going home in body bags. So there's that other side of it too. Hmm. No, it's just uh, mind boggling and, and I really don't understand. Um, just, I don't understand. That's all I can say. It's, it's, uh, you know, when they even talk about, this person said, then they rob you. I'm like going, gosh, not, you know, you're, you're lucky you didn't get killed. And right. if you live through it, or even if it gets, I don't know if you don't, if you crash your car, I don't know if they still try to rob you or not. I mean, who, who knows? But I think it's just really important for, for people to have awareness that this is going on. What's really scary though, you know, Zach, I'm thinking at least if you're driving under a bridge, you would see someone, but if you're driving in a car like on Indiana and someone's throwing rocks, how are you ever going to know that? You're not, you're going to know, you're only going to know after it happens Yeah. and it's going to take your brain a good, you know, I mean, you're going to have your immediate reaction, right? Where your brainstem and your spinal cord is going to act feed forward. It's going to react faster than your thoughts do, um, which sometimes is both good and bad because if you overcompensate, you can lose control a different kind of way. Um, I know this because, you know, pre-med major here, but, um, you know, that, that with those feed forward mechanisms, but otherwise, in all likelihood, it's going to happen. You're going to think that something's wrong with your car at first, probably. If you hear a loud bane, you know, it's, it's 20 to 30 seconds down the road that you're going to be like, oh, okay, I see what happened, right? And that's presuming that the rock hasn't hit you in the head. The rock has hit you in the, hit, hit you in the head, then next thing you know, you're either dead and you're not going to wake up or you're waking up in a hospital bed. And, you know, what's tragic is people dying on impact. I think that's tragic. But also imagine if you don't die. 
<clears throat> imagine if you instead have your quality of life severely diminished for the rest of your life. You can't even feed yourself and that sort of thing. And so to me, it's not funny at all. But I do think it has roots in kids are bored. Oh, young definitely. boys are bored. I think definitely that. And when you're talking about being maimed, like I brought up earlier, that poor woman that was a teacher and part of her skull and her eye is gone from wow. that. She she can't even take care of herself. And you know what? That that's not a life. <laughs> that's all I can say. I mean, that's like taking that's just like murdering someone because you it took is. their life away. They can't figuring them. Yeah. I mean, if she can't take care of herself, she is pretty much not able to live. Sounds like she's blind in one eye then. Or she doesn't have an eye. She doesn't have an eye. Yeah. That's stupid to say she's blind <laughs> in one eye. Uh, honestly, just being bizarre here. Not laughing at the injury, but it's just so bizarre. You know, sometimes... Laughter is what you, your first reaction is. Because I was going to say sometimes so things are so shocking that it is a normal reaction to laugh. And it's not because you think it's funny. It's because you're just like, it's so bizarre and so ridiculous that you, that can be just kind of a nervous kind of reaction, you know, mm -hmm. like the shock reaction to things. And yeah, but no, it's a, it's a horrific thing. It really is. So anyway, um, I don't know if you want to talk about anything else. I will say that tomorrow is Mother's Day. And yeah. today, Zach brought me a dozen long stem roses with baby's breath. It's so beautiful. I started to cry when he gave them to me. When I saw them, I was helping him carry the groceries <laughs> in, and they were just there on the seat. And I just, I don't know. It just, uh, just makes me realize how much he loves me and it makes me realize the honor of being a mom what that means um to me it is the most honored title that a person can have meaning that a mother or father title um is something to embrace your children calling you mother mom dad father whatever papa you know the greatest thing in the world and i think for those that have children they would really agree and and i guess there's nothing wrong with bringing that up into the discussion we've been talking about because sadly this family that lost their daughter here in april you know this is the fir her first mother's day without her daughter and their life is forever changed she will never have mother's day the way it once was you know yeah or dad won't have Father's Day the way it once was, or they won't have Christmas or Thanksgiving or any of those family holidays the way they once were. So I think it's just important to, first off, I want to honor mothers out there, the ones that, because most moms I think are decent, but there are moms that are not, and I know that from the type of work I do. Um. And again, I think it's a title that, that is earned. And I just want to say for all those moms who have earned that title, celebrate tomorrow with your children, hopefully, if, they, if they're available to do that with. But if not, celebrate yourself um, because it's a, it's, a, it's a lifelong job. When our kids grow up, it's not like they turn 18 and all of a sudden, you know, they're on their own, at least at least not in my book. Um, there are kids forever, um, no matter what age they are. And I think that moms and dads that really love their children and take good care of their children, um, it's, a, it's a gift. Our children are gifts to us. And being a parent is an honor and um, something that like I said before, I think it's the, it's the greatest thing in the world. So, Zach, thank you so much. I mean, mm -hmm. you saw me get teary-eyed, and I I do tend to get emotional quite easy. I've always been that way, but especially um, now with um, circumstances the way they've been. But I, ha I told him these are happy tears, and they were because, gosh, I can just say I remember 
that's just kind of your tradition. You've done that for years. <laughs> Thanks. You know, and uh, when I say that, I love that as a tradition. It's meant as a compliment um, because you know how much I love burgundy roses. And um, to me, they're the greatest gift of love. And from you, you know, I just, it's not like every year I look for, like I think, oh, I'm just going to get roses this year. No, every year is just like a new year of like, wow, he brought me some beautiful burgundy roses. So I want you to know I don't take that for granted, but really appreciate the fact that's kind of, you've kind of made that your tradition. And I really love that. Yeah, of course. It's my pleasure. Um, yeah, I was going to say, it's this is a neat time of year for me. This is in the lead up to June, which is my birthday. Uh, I'm a Gemini, and, you know, I love this time of year so much. I love that there's Mother's Day. I love the warmer weather. Um, I just like the spirit of this year. I, I think I'm in the best sorts, you know, around this time of year. And, um, you know, what's really nice is we've been having kind of the senile, a senile, 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 the single mode. Are you getting senile? Yeah, no, I guess kidding. I guess so. <laughs> uh, the single mode of weather we've been having, and uh, it's been raining here, uh, not today, but yesterday, the day before, and the day before that. You know, kind of nonstop, and um, I just love the afternoon rain. You know, I wouldn't want to live up in Seattle or for it to rain here all the time, but to have that was really nice. I was able to get really good sleep. And just relaxes. You know, the rain makes me very tired. I'm just a human barometer in that sense. Um, and this next week is going to be, sadly, my final week of physical therapy. I don't feel truly ready, you know, but I'm probably going to have to get a gym membership just to keep things going. And then if I have the money come July when my insurance under COBRA resets, then great. Um, and then I have put in a few job applications, even though, like I said, I don't really feel ready, but just cause is a measure of how many hours I can be up with the leg on and everything. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's kind of a neat time of year and I'm just trying to not worry too much about physical therapy ending or the fact that I don't have a job or, you know, um, or how I'm going to be continuing this. But I think that the gym membership will be really good. Just, um, for me, because I learned from my physical therapist that I can get on a treadmill and it's a really good muscle memory um, activity and just for, you know, getting the heart rate up enough to, you know, burn some fat, get some cardio. And um, so maybe I'll just lightly focus on the upper body with toning, maybe some strengthening, but not like any insane building or anything, because that all turns to fat when you stop. Well, let me just tell you this. We kind of agreed, Zach didn't tell you, but we've agreed to do this together. I mean, he's doing it, but I also have been wanting to go to the gym and it doesn't mean we'll go to get together all the time, but I think it'll be really cool because if one of us say we're going to the gym, the other one may say, oh, I really want to come too. But come on, Zach, I really see you with a six pack. Come on. Your upper arms are built so good from all the crutching you've done for yeah. God knows how many years. You just get that six pack going. You just look down, you'd be going, hmm. Yeah. That would feel good. Wouldn't that feel good? It would. But uh, no, I like the idea of the treadmill too, because um, I think that's going to really help with your leg. You're doing so well with it. But I think just getting those muscles built and just having that, you know, that uh, balance, because I like the way your brain works, you know, knowing that you're not going to your physical therapist, you're, you've been very creative. Well, now what do I do now? Because I just had that support, but Hey, you know, I'll be there to support you. I won't be, I'm not a physical therapist, but we can at least hit the gym together. That'll be fun. Yeah. I'm going to miss working with Guy. He's a really good person and I'll still continue going to the support groups as long as he has them. They're only once a month though. Um, I feel like he's a person, even though he does not dealt with any limb differences himself, he chooses to work with that demographic. This is not the first time during the podcast that I've commented about him, but I'm, I'm especially impressed with him you know, from one professional to another, he's really good at his job and he decided to work with people that really need, you know, need a lot of help and to be able to get back to normal. And he just assured me that I'm in a good spot. Um, I don't want to lose where I'm at. So I think that's where working out will come in. And he just said, dude, the rest is just going to take time. And so I just have to trust that even if like, hell, I'm putting in job apps and I know that 
realistically, it's probably not realistic for me to be working in the next month or two. But, you know, I guess I'm just trying to be open-minded to, in the event that I'm able to find something with the right circumstances, that I could maybe be comfortable with it. I would prefer to be starting a job before the summer's over or before fall's over because I don't like starting jobs in the winter, you know? And that's another thing that scares me is walking around in the winter. I don't know how I'm going to deal with that, but. One day at a time. Yeah. We have to go back to one day at a time. And you're, you're, Zach, you have, like you said, man, you're rocking this, you're doing it. And I had the pleasure of meeting Guy at the symposium and really a cool dude. Zach was telling me what a passionate, incredible human being he is. And I felt like I already knew him. He's just so easy to get to know. And he also did a presentation we went to and very knowledgeable guy, but very much dedicated to being a physical therapist. And you can see that his heart's in his job and he really cares. And I was really impressed. And we, we got actually got to meet his wife too, which was pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't know what his wife looked like. Not how I imagined it at all. Not that that's a bad thing. Um, she's, I think, uh, a nurse or a doctor or something, but anyways, um, I think she's a nurse practitioner, honey. Okay. So anyways, um, yeah, it's, you know, he's been working with people with limb differences for the past 15 years and he's in his fifties. So mm-hmm. straight out of physical therapy school, you know, he, he's doing that. And, uh, he decided to work with that demographic. He could have worked with all the athletes and, you know, blah, 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 but he, he, He's made a special focus of that, and he admits time and time again, I do not know what this is like, but, you know, I just told him I, I have respect for him that he's able to empathize and and knows, you know, how to hold capacity there where it may be uncomfortable and where people are coming in and in pain and dealing with a multitude of, of life-changing circumstances that well, I'm still getting used to. People have their gifts and where their heart is, and people that use... Their gifts are usually the best if their heart's into something. And obviously, I don't know personally if there's someone that he knew that lost a limb. I don't know if there's anything that was um, historically in his life that maybe made him go down this this road. But obviously, he really does he does really enjoy what he does. And um, I know I was I'm really happy that you had a great physical therapist because Zach, you really are doing well. And I just think if we head out to the gym, you get on that treadmill, I think you're going to continue to surprise yourself because really, um, January, you got your prosthetic. We are going into soon. We are in, I'm sorry, we are in May right now. We are in the fifth month, but it really has only been, Mm -hmm. uh, February, March, April, May, four months. Yeah. And you're doing amazing. And so, you know, I've always thought of you like the Superman because it's like you put your mind to something and it happens. Like you have this determination, which is strong, which shows your strong will as a person in a very good way of saying, hey, I can do this. And that's why you've been able to accomplish the things that you have regardless how tragic or hard they've been, I think is just that determination and that I'm not giving up. And I just want you to remember that as you work forward and know that guy's still there. Like, you know, if you ever need to go see him, you can. Mm-hmm. And he, it's like, you know, he's a hop, skip, jump away. But you know what? It's almost like now he's, it's kind of like a mother bird, yeah. Teaching her kids to fly and she's got to allow them to do that. And that's kind of what he's doing too. He's saying, Hey dude, you can do this. Like go, go do it. Go to the treadmill. And you know, what's going to, what would be really cool. He sees you in another six months, say just off the top of my head, another six months. I'll bet he'd be totally surprised. He'd probably be going, Whoa, you know, because he's surprised with you now. Yeah. For me, I'm just, I shared this word for you. The, uh, this phrase is um, it's called liminal space. It's basically the time between chapters in your life, you know, where you just there's a sense of unease, like the fact that so much of my identity was tied to the lab and I don't have that to go back to. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have to switch up I, what I do for a living or not. Um, you know, it's just kind of a, a, a period of my life that um, 
as much as it's uncomfortable, it's, you know, if I allow it to be, is is going to be a period of growth for me. You know, it took me a good five years with my endoprosthesis to get used to that. So I think it's going to take at least a couple years to get used to this as well. So, you know, it's just going to take time and I just have to hope and pray that everything works out. And I hope and pray everything works out for you guys in your life with whatever you've got going on, um, where you're experiencing some of that, um, you know, sense of unease um, about the times. And with that being said, it's not anything specific. It's just, like I said, for me, I'm kind of having to start over after taking a break for such a long period of time. So um, I guess with that, are we done? I think so. Um, Yeah. I think we are. Um, Once again, happy Mother's Day to all you moms. Have a wonderful day with your children tomorrow. Um, And um, like Zach said, we hope to make this more regular. There's just been some changes that have happened on our end where we've had to do some things that has not allowed us the time to do the podcasts. And we hope to make them regular again, but can't promise because we don't know from one day to the next. But anyway... um, we want to keep them happening. So please, you know, tune in, listen to them, look forward to them. Um, and again, we're about connecting with people. Yeah. And uh, that's why we started this podcast to begin with, is to talk about things that uh, maybe some harder things people don't talk about and the importance in this world of being a human being and connecting with people, having a heart and caring. And for the smallest thing, if someone holds a door for you to be able to say thank you, and smile at them. It's those little gestures in life. I think these days we need to focus on because, you know, the world is kind of harsh and tough. Mm-hmm. So if we can just do those little things to one another, um, I think it's powerful. And uh, I think you never know. Just even smiling or holding a door or whatever it might be, an interaction, a small interaction with someone how you don't know how that could brighten their day or change change a future for them. So just remember, you know, we're on, in this world together. We're meant to connect. And uh, just being kind and a decent person is really all it is to um, make it in this world. Yep. So anyway, uh, love you guys. Peace and love. And until next time. Peace and love. Be well. Um, check us out on the web at polychromatique.com. P-O-L-Y-C-H-R-O-M-A-T-I-Q-U-E.com. I think this is the fastest I've said it and the clearest I've said it, um, where you can check out the latest episodes, comment on them, hopefully. I think the login system's working. I've gotten some feedback from some people saying they can't get it to work. But um, And other than that, we will see you guys next time. Um, be well until we um, talk to you guys next. Um, and like my mom's saying, we'll try to get these out weekly as if we're able to. If not, we can at least commit to once every two weeks been a little little crazy but anyways bye for now cheers be well